Welcome to the Who's on the Move podcast. I am your host, Alan Cooper. With industrial hemp now legal to grow and process in 46 states and 33 states with legal medical marijuana programs, the domestic marketplace confronts one big challenge, a broken supply chain connecting farmers' fields to end users. Today we are going to be speaking with Artie Perry, the managing partner of HempGrid. HempGrid is a new South Carolina-based startup that aims to fix that challenge by fueling innovation and forging a supply chain where none may have existed before. Artie, tell us a little bit about your background. I grew up in Barnwell County, uh, grew up on a dairy farm, and uh, ended up uh, working in several different organizations throughout the state. Went to work in Columbia with Governor Carol Campbell when he started office, after doing a stint with uh, Senator Strom Thurmond. And uh, from that, uh, worked in the Department of Commerce realm of South Carolina and economic development. Went into automotive uh, manufacturing when BMW located their first site here. And from that, uh, we born into different types of businesses and different types of consulting. And now I'm in a and I'm hemp, hemp industry consulting, working with industrial companies, helping to expand that growth. Talk about the origins of the hemp industry in South Carolina. So a little bit about the South Carolina market is it was uh, driven by the the Farm Bill that was signed in 2018. South Carolina was already a participant under uh, Governor Nikki Haley since the 2014 original bill was signed. And it was various participation, but of course, uh, I think the majority of what the South Carolinians were looking to do was to get involved in the industrial hemp marketplace. Industrial hemp from a perspective of industry development has mostly been associated with uh, cannabinoid development, CBD production. I think it's been uh, well received in in most circles because of the health benefits that uh, have been associated with that. Um, I think the next wave of what's gonna happen in the industry is gonna be more associated with the, what I would call the more industrial use, which is gonna be in the fiber space and also in the environmental use of what the plant can produce. What are the benefits of hemp? Why is this such an exciting new opportunity? So the the answer is very clear from our perspective because we have a way in which we see the industry and we see it in three different segments. Uh, First we see it in health and wellness which is the front runner of the hemp industry which is how CBD has become very popular. Um, But and we now see that as going past just the human um, space but also into animals and I think that for for people to continuously focus on their health is a great thing as well as for their pets because in, in our perspective the United States doesn't have a health care problem they have a health problem and if we'll start taking care of that we'll get in a better place this plant does help that from um, a fiber perspective which is the second place we look at it is focused on, we see it in two different categories. We, we see it in, as a technical fiber and also as a consumable or a consumer fiber. On a technical side, we can see it working in coordination with equipment. We can see it being utilized as replacing plastics. We can see it utilized to reduce weight in automobiles. I mean, we know electrification of the automobile is coming. We're all excited about that. Um, 
with electric powered vehicles, one of the most important things is the balance between the weight of the vehicle and the aerodynamics. Uh, the center of gravity, lowering that within the vehicle. You know, coming from the automotive industry, it's, I can tell you it's very important that they measure any weight that's above the belt buckle when somebody sits in the car is not always a positive thing. Um, and on the consumer fiber perspective, you know, one of the biggest things I, I found through our research from one of our colleagues was that over 95% of the plant-based fiber products that the U.S. uses for food packaging is imported from China. That is an unbelievable statistic. And so in many cases, what I think is uh, a reality is that uh, plant-based fiber products for food packaging coming out of the United States helps us to start to sustain our own situation. And then the final area where we see a lot of um, opportunity is in environmental. This plant has an unbelievable uh, ability to deal with remediation. It has a great opportunity to deal with um, its use from its oils from a biofuel perspective. Uh, we see it uh, dealing with extraction of carbons. We see how the nutrients that are, are remaining from the plant can be put back into the ground, sent back to the farmer. So you get this ecosystem balancing where you're using something and putting it back and, and allowing the next generation grow to come through that same process. So, I mean, it's an enormous bandwidth of, of how we see the different industries and what we see our advantages are going to be. And it's not limited to, to a geography, and it certainly doesn't see any state boundaries. So I think um, United States has a very unique opportunity because we are used to, in many cases, having a leadership role in what we do uh, globally. Um, unfortunately, there are other places at the moment that are doing much better than we are environmentally, as well as with the use of this plant, and I hope we catch up very soon. Talk about the spark for forming HempGrid. What problem do you hope to solve with the formation of this organization? HempGrid was created on the, uh, on the notation that every state had been given the responsibility from their legislature to develop a hemp industry within their bounds. What I was starting to notice as a consultant is that developing an industry is difficult for anyone, no matter what their background, expertise, or responsibilities have been uh, because those items don't fall in history very often. So what we were finding is that after 80 years of absence in the U.S. market, uh, for many people, uh, developing a hemp industry within their state was white paper. It was really starting to develop from the bottom up. In the industry, because it's an agricultural product driven, I think most people uh, believed that if you work associated with the farmers, then obviously you would begin to build the industry. In practical, it does make sense. But most farmers would tell you that one of the most important things about farming is making sure that they could sell their crop at a very good price. So the problem was there was an absence of demand. In creating a supporting industry in in the United States, in all the states, you really have to stop and focus on a top-down model. You have to work with the industries that want to consume this. 
and it's not prepared for them to consume because there is no middle market, there's no supply chain, there's no way of understanding how they're going to receive it. Transportation's been a problem. So if, because South Carolina is so associated with its development in automotive manufacturing, we very clearly understand how the supply chain system has to work. And if it doesn't work, the things that happen that uh, basically create delays. I think Americans in total, as we went through this COVID situation, we started to hear more about supply chain development issues when it came to food or when it came to animal proteins delivered to stores. And uh, of course, what we saw was a lot of waste that was created because the restaurants were shut down. Probably as a total grouping, it was probably the first time Americans really had to deal with supply chain really matters. That's what's absent in the hemp industry, and that's what Hemp Grid is trying to promote and trying to accelerate for different states. I was reading that hemp has an interesting history in the United States. Talk to us about how hemp was used in the past and what some of the future uses might be. Well, I think that there's many people that have looked back in history, and thank goodness we have um, you know, research uh, search engines on our computer where we can just pick up a name and just hit it and see what comes up. Um, hemp was used in the past in uh, production of rope during World War II. As a matter of fact, it was, uh, it was uh, literally, it was brought back to legalization for that purpose because they needed the material. They used it to make parachutes. They made boots with it. They made uh, army uniforms with it. And that was in a dire need. So obviously you can tell that when, when the military goes towards something that was basically blocked out of use and they could arrive at that place so quickly, there was a lot of history about what you could use hemp for. There's a lot of stories about how the first American flag that Betsy Ross did was made out of hemp fiber and the Declaration of Independence was produced on a hemp fiber paper. Um, you know, some of that history is easy. I think what we have to do is focus on now, what can we get the plant materials to produce for us today? Because we're in a today world which is driven by data, it's driven by technology, it's driven by our need for speed. And around the world, people are developing at much faster paces than they were 200 years ago when this was a popular process. And so, for sure, we could use it for the same attributes that we did in the past, but I think we're going to find much more developing issues. There's a group in, um, in Australia that's even producing a uh, hemp burger at the moment as a, as a plant protein substitute. Um, there's a group in the UK which is uh, promoting use in, in concrete block and also in hempcrete for buildings. Obviously, um, the absence or the removal of carbon from the atmosphere is a big issue because the plant itself has a, a tendency to extract the things that we in our world don't want to have available anymore. And being able to lock those carbon um, particles up into usable products that we would consume here in the United States would be great. What is the core business of HempGrid? How do you execute on advancing this industry? Our core business is based on the fact that we are not the product. We are an accelerator service. We work with companies to help them realize their vision and their integration of the hemp uh, properties within their processes or products. 
In some cases, it's actually us helping them to take it to market faster. In many cases, it's connected with a research and development uh, attribute. Uh, we are in connection and working with several universities on innovation um, and looking at how they may uh, start to bring in hemp as a material that they would use in a development cycle with some of their um, corporate clients. We're seeing that, um, you know, from our perspective as an accelerator, we have to take the client's interest into consideration. In many cases, our clients are state governments. Uh, they are also uh, large corporations, international, uh, all the way down to, uh, it may be a small processing center uh, located in, in one of our counties. So we have to adjust to what the client's needs are. But in every case, because this industry is being hampered by a trailing 80 years of technology, the acceleration process is what we're really trying to push because we're behind a lot of cases of what's going on in the world. What is the biggest challenge you are facing in 2021? I think the biggest challenge with the hemp industry right now is the same challenge that everyone's really happening, and it's, it's dealing with the COVID situation. Um, it has uh, forever changed the way we have our business habits. Um, it has changed our ways of being able to communicate in a face-to-face -face mechanism, which is probably, at least in my opinion, is probably the most true way to get points across. And so many of people are, are um, unfortunately not able to have those type collaborations, which delays things. And of course, the hemp industry in itself uh, is born out of a non-trusting situation because there were obviously people that were growing some stuff that they weren't supposed to before it was legalized, um, which definitely generated a negative uh, scenario, but it also created this negative uh, business environment because in many cases, the people that were participating in hemp in the dark years are now in the light years, but they're still acting like they're in the dark years. And so there's business behavioral issues that must change. And I think that, that that's throughout the whole organization. I think you can look across the United States and you can see that there are certain areas in which law enforcement has gained comfort and confidence in the way they're recognizing that this plant is here to stay and how to um, protect the public in, in a safety perspective and, and let it mature. Um, and you probably are seeing other areas that are maybe not as progressive. They're not exactly sure how to handle that because there are some concerns in states where the, um, the medical is not allowed, for example, in South Carolina, or the recreational use is not allowed. It makes it very difficult for law enforcement because the plant looks the same, smells the same, no matter whether it has THC in it, uh, making it uh, uh, hallucinative, or whether it is not. And so I recognize that the economic development cycle and the business of the governments have to work together with law enforcement because ultimately they're, they're out there to protect the public and they need to know how to do it, which makes it uh, a challenge right now. And tell us, is, is the hemp industry a good investment in 2021? You know, really, I, I hate to say it, but the sky is the limit. There's so much money um, in 
in the in the Wall Street area that really wants to invest in this industry, um, but they don't have a lot of information about it. So it's without a lot of research capability, and they can't really trust it. So a lot of a lot of places that have um, the ability to receive money as an investment, there's an there's also an ability to do some due diligence. This industry hasn't been around very much, and so if a company, if an investor wanted to invest in a company, and they would normally look at the books to find out, hey, financially, how do they look? You can pretty much see based on your own understanding of whether they can achieve further targets. In the hemp industry, it's a little bit more difficult because you actually have to do your due diligence on a physical basis because you have to understand, can their supply chain really keep up? Do they have capabilities to expand? Are their processes robust? Could they be certified under OSHA regulations, which are currently not 100% in place? And so it makes it very difficult for an investor to uh, willingly invest, knowing that many of those things that they're accustomed to when they invest in companies are currently not being tracked or are currently not available to be documented.